Welcome to Live Well with Southwell. Southwell is dedicated to helping you be equipped with the best tools and knowledge to make sure you and your family live a healthy life. Live Well with Southwell features interviews with experts across many areas of healthcare and wellness. We hope you enjoy listening and most importantly, living well. Hi everyone, I'm your host Liza Tillman and today we are joined by Dr. Bill Hancock with Tift Area Cardiology. February is Heart Health Month and we asked Dr. Hancock to join us to learn more about the differences between a heart attack and a stroke. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Hancock. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So as we always do, we want to get started by um, learning a little bit more about you, your family, where you're from, and your educational background. Cool. So I'm actually a South Georgia native, uh-huh. as I really sort of have that personality. I tell <laughs> folks that I'm about as crackers as they come. <laughs> oh, my, goodness. My mom's from Ambrose, and my dad was born in uh, West Barron and raised in Willacoochee. So, okay. you know, so then I'm, I'm, I'm real Southern when it comes to that. <laughs> So then I actually grew up in Dasher, six miles south of Valdosta. Mm-hmm. Graduated from Lowndes High School back in 84. So again, played the Blue Devils all along. So you're a Viking. Uh-huh. And that, that was, I was uh-huh. a Viking, not yeah. a wildcat. That's okay. correct. <laughs> and then went to Valdosta State. Uh, graduated okay. from there in 88. And then from there went into a medical school at the Medical College of Georgia. Okay. Graduated from there in 1992. Mm-hmm. Met uh, my wife now of... 27 years. You better get it right. <laughs> and uh, up there uh, prior to graduating. And then after graduation from there, we went down to the University of Florida, uh, Gainesville, mm, okay. Shands. I didn't want to be far from my mom. Well, yeah. Understandable. <laughs> and it's close by. And, you know, it, it requires a constant dialogue with patients from Georgia. You know, when they learn that I trained at the University of Florida, there's always a starter <laughs> conversation. To That's have. right. There's a, yeah. So, and then uh, I did all my uh, medical training there. I did uh, internal medicine. I did a chief resident year in internal medicine. Okay. And then I did uh, my cardiology fellowship. Mm-hmm. And the last year I was the chief fellow in cardiology there. And then since then, uh-huh. you guys have had me. I've come back. I That's came right. immediately to here in 1999. I've been uh, fortunate to be here, part of the community. I've got a wife. Remind me to come back to that, the, the history. Okay. But, uh, my wife of 27 years, Tanya, I've got four children. Okay. I think everybody should have four children. Everybody. Yeah, oh, everybody. goodness. So, uh, recruiting that group. So um, Dalton, is uh, he's up in Atlanta. And as a music teacher, Merritt is... Uh, at home and currently just finished graduation in computer science and lives down at Valdosta State. She okay. thinks that she wants to go into medicine, hopefully. And then wow. the baby is 11, and uh, she's our performer. Okay. So uh, she sings and dances and actually has sang with our family. I don't sing oh. but in church since she was mm-hmm. three years old. Oh, how sweet. So that's cool. So, But then the history that I wanted to kind of is, is I've been – Part of this has been a great experience. I couldn't have been more blessed to be here with the with the prior administration, current administration, mm-hmm. the community. It's just been a great blessing. I've always said it reminds me of Valdosta growing up that yeah. I actually consider Valdosta too big now. You know? Oh, yeah, that's you know, right. Versus uh-huh. the way we used to drive up down Ashley and that sort of thing. But when we built the Heart Center, mm-hmm. you know, and gosh, I don't remember that year now. But we had the guys from Emory came down. They you know, oh, wow. had such a great time with them over the years, sharing patients, and local folks also came over. But I was just touched in that moment as I shared the background of, of, of what probably won't resonate over the airwaves, yeah. but that I grew up cropping tobacco, you know, really? 40 miles from here. Yeah. And for a million-dollar heart center mm-hmm. to be in Tifton, Georgia, 
wow. Yeah, that's you know? great. And, and, and what that means for that community, mm-hmm. you know, and I've mm-hmm. long been thankful for those that have seen this vision and that mission mm-hmm. to participate in that. You know, yeah. it's not perfect. No place is perfect. But yeah. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. to really partner together with my colleagues, that's right. we've got a great team, the, the staff of nurses that we work with there in the calf lab, and, and really... That, that Southwell image that I have struggled some with the change since I've been here for so long. Yeah. But that, that's, you know, that's who we are, yeah. that we work together to make sick people well. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool thing. And when it all works good, man, that's cool. When you yeah. have the days, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. every day is, is perfect, right? Oh, that's but, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, it's just been a great blessing to, to, to be here and be a part of that growth. Mm-hmm. And from the time that we didn't do stents till we do stents and... Mm-hmm. I was the first cardiologist to put a pacemaker in. Really? You know, he when was did, that? So that was in 99. Wow. The surgeons did uh, did them prior mm-hmm. and um, to, to that time. And, uh, you know, heart failure pacemakers and that sort of thing. So there's just, you know, we, we do most of cardiology here mm-hmm. in Tifton. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly that, that we don't have to have open heart surgery on site. Right, right. And, uh, and that. So that's just been cool to, yeah. to be part of all that, kind of bring that. I remember one of my first patients, Liza, she said, but Dr. Hancock, they sent me over here because I might need a pacemaker. <laughs> and uh, do I need to go to Tallahassee and get that done? Right, yeah. And I said, well, you can if you want to. So this is mm-hmm. 1999. Wow. I said, can if you want to, but I came to Tifton, mm-hmm. so you didn't have to go to Tallahassee. That's right, yeah. So it's been cool to really live that Yeah, yeah. And I think a, a lot of the, the providers that we've talked to have said a lot of the same things is that you would be really surprised about the service and the care that you can receive right here in Tifton. You uh, don't have to go to Atlanta. You don't have to go to Tallahassee. So right. that's so Absolutely. cool to hear that. Well, my next question was going to be, what's your role with us at TIFF Regional Heart and Vascular Center? So, I, so I've been, you know, have a presence, been part of the um, kind of the leadership and the, and the physician mm-hmm. directorship that we've had for years that have brought new services, helped define how we do things and things such as that. So we, we partner with administration and nursing and, and come together and um, work towards, you know, what is the best practice what are the best stents? What is the best evidence? And, and, and work to stay ahead and mm-hmm. to be as safe as absolutely possible, successful and as efficient, absolutely impossible. So, right. so it's been great to have that, you know, that uh, teaming mm-hmm. that I, I think doesn't exist in the world today, unfortunately, yeah. mm-hmm. versus really partnering, working together and see it work. Been a real blessing. Yeah. Awesome. So patients come see you in the office, and then you guys can schedule some appoint- some different procedures that can be done at the hospital. So you're you're back and forth between both places, That's right? right? And, yeah. And fortunately, I'm in the MOB building, which is right yeah. next door, so yeah. that helps with me getting my steps every day. And That's my, right. <laughs> and my exercise and. Sometimes I take the stairs and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Got to keep that heart healthy. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so now that we know you a little bit better, uh, let's get into our topic today because I know you've got a lot of information about this. And this is kind of a, a, a double-edged sword. So the, the focus is heart attack and stroke. So what are the main differences between stroke and heart attack? I think people know, but let's just talk about yeah, so, it. So the main difference certainly would be the organ that's affected. Mm-hmm. So that, as you may have heard, there was... Uh, kind of a campaign several years back to call strokes brain attacks. Right. Uh, and uh, so brain attack versus a heart attack. So that, and, and they, they have the same common ancestry, if you will, that okay. it's our, my South Georgia nature with my obesity, my poor diet that I've made a lot of changes with, 
and then others that have struggled with diabetes and hypertension. Mm -hmm. All those things are fuel to cause cardiovascular problems okay. or brain would be cerebral vascular problems. But they all have that same source, maybe with a little different weightedness of mm -hmm. cholesterol versus blood pressure for heart attack versus okay. stroke, that type of thing. And then the other big difference is, although they also share that the, the fact that most heart attacks come from some blockage and a ruptured plaque and forming a clot, Mm -hmm. 95 plus percent of the time as the cause versus the stroke having some clot basis, but also blood pressure and small bleeds and things such mm -hmm. as that. So a little bit of difference there, like you say, when you begin to ferret out those differences, a little bit hard sure. pictures yeah. and that sort of thing to, to talk to. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the attack on the brain versus attack on the heart. Gotcha. And I think that sort of... And then with the common opportunity for those of us who share the common ancestry of, <laughs> of uh, struggling with obesity now, yeah. such a problem in America, and, um, and then high blood pressure, you know, they call this, we're actually known, unfortunately, as the stroke belt. Mm. You know, fortunately, from my perspective, we're known as the Bible belt. Yeah, we're that's also, right. We're also <laughs> we'll take that as, distinction, right? <laughs> we're also known as the stroke belt. Yeah. And to deal with our generally poor health practices of, mm -hmm. of uh, and, and it presents a real opportunity for change, but it's a big cultural thing. And I've realized, is. so my little personal story, so here I am, 54 years old, board certified cardiologist, and it's taken me all this time to really connect with knowing I'd ought to be doing what I know to do. And in essence, that's changing my, my, eat, my eating habits so that I'm largely nearly vegetarian. Really? And... Um, the and much more than dash, which is sort of Mediterranean without with about four ounces of white meat a day, mm -hmm. and that, and I've minimized my dairy and all those things, and you know the real uh, I feel better. Yeah, my cholesterol numbers have dropped substantially, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that so. But it's so hard to, to change, you know, and I've been, Absolutely. as I've been embracing this opportunity with patients, I've changed my words from weight loss and dieting mm -hmm. to healthiness. That's right. Because that's a common word I think we can all come to. Yeah. I, who wants to argue with being healthy? Exactly. You know, no, I want to do this practice. Nobody wants to, you don't want right. to go on a diet. Right. Yeah. Well, and the thing I really personally realized is I'd never been heavier. I, you know, my cholesterol never been higher. Here I am, 54. Mm -hmm. And man, if I want to be 80 and enjoying health That's like right. some of these folks, I've got to get on it. So mm -hmm. now's the time. So that was the additional. So you're practicing what you work, preach for sure. Work on it. Yeah. And, but I've come up with, you know, the other thoughts I've had is um, in our habits of poor, fair, good, better, best. Okay. And, and working on more good, better, best days. Mm -hmm. In essence, you don't have to be a cardiologist to know That's right. what, what you should eat sure. or, or necessarily what you shouldn't eat or what you should minimize and what you should increase. Mm -hmm. We all know that. It's the carrying it out and doing it that the, the hard part in our culture, and I think that's some of America's issues right now. Mm -hmm. There's such cultural struggle, yeah. you know, as we partner to move forward and, mm -hmm. and things such as that. It's uh, great to have a diverse background, but it also makes it yeah. difficult. Yeah, for sure. Well, so you you mentioned the differences between stroke and heart attack, and I think that was a great explanation. But what are the warning signs for each? And I know they tend to look different in in men versus women so sometimes. That's right. And and depending on 
you know, so the um, if we're talking about, so we're talking about the organs, like I said. So if it's brain, mm-hmm. then, of course, then the brain controls all activities. So there's the old um, acronym FAST, so that the face, arms, um, and then slurred speech, mm-hmm. and then T is the time to call 911. So that's the, that's the acronym to help identify that, so that if there's a facial drooping, mm-hmm. um, closed eyelid, um, smile and it's one-sided, yeah. then that can be a sign numbness or weakness on one side or the other, mm-hmm. particularly the arm or the leg, and um, and then some tingling and then slurred, slurred speech. And I think that's the one that's really, from the ER perspective, because there's other signs of confusion sometimes. Mm-hmm. When the presentation of a stroke is confusion, it's very, very, you know, difficult. So then for the stroke, the, the, the attack is on the brain, the brain controls all those functions, so then we see that, versus the heart's more central. Mm-hmm. So with that, that we tend to see pain, pressure, tightness, heaviness that uh, is centrally located. Classically, goes up into the neck, down the arms, more classically the left arm, associated with shortness of breath, nausea, sweating, clamminess, is this a sudden onset of these symptoms, or yeah, can it be? Yeah. So the so yeah. So both okay. so both are uh, great question. So both are events. Okay. So I was fine until, mm-hmm. boy, my chest started hurting, right. and it's not going away. I stopped. I rest. I I belched. I thought it might be yeah. my stomach. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's the common mm-hmm. overlap with indigestion. Sometimes I'll mention that in in the symptom. That's what's real difficult to to ferret out. Let's talk about. The heart attack. So that's where, as you mentioned, women oftentimes have different symptoms. It's more of a shortness of breath. I remember one of my first uh, ladies that I had here brought her husband with heart failure uh-huh. in the emergency room and said, uh, and then he says, after I checked him out, Doc, will you check my wife out? She's mm. dizzy. Mm. And we did an EKG on her, and lo and behold, she's having a heart attack. Goodness. With no chest pain, mm. no shortness of breath, just dizziness. I don't want to overdo dizziness. Because, yeah. yeah. Well, because well, we can get dizzy. Dizziness has a lot of cause, but yeah. meaning yeah. that the, it's, um, it's not always, to your point, right. classic symptoms that we have to, have to watch for. And, and I, the other thing, too, I think, is that it's extremely, heart attacks are extremely oppressive. I can't do Right. You know, I, I hit a wall and I can't do. Mm-hmm. Now, what I wanted to talk about is in that background that oftentimes heart attacks have warning signs. Okay. So that I have some pressure, some tightness or heaviness that I begin to notice. Um, why does it look like you're exercising all, all the time? Mm-hmm. You know, so you're doing your 10 minute, mm-hmm. um, um, 10 minute mile or whatever, yeah. and you're fine. And then, man, I'm a little short of breath, mm-hmm. got a little tightness in my chest. And over time, that begins to worsen to, man, I can't do my mile anymore. Right. So that worsening awareness, and that's a symptom of angina, which is kind of a heart attack that um, a heart attack is angina going bad. So that angina tends to be predictable, and that is pressure, tightness, heaviness, shortness of breath, comes on with exertion, relieved by rest. And... um, so again, that worsening can say that can be a moniker that a heart attack's fixing to occur. If I was riding my bicycle and I was doing ten minutes and now I'm down to five and whew, now I can't make, I, I, I should go get checked out with that. Okay. And and women more than men will have shortness of breath with that scenario. 
And um, so being aware that that's the case. But unlike a heart attack is it goes away. I got you. So okay. I exerted myself. My heart rate, my blood pressure went high. Mm-hmm. I stopped. I rested five minutes classically, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so that's angina okay. versus a heart attack. Angina can be signs of a, a worse thing. Angina can be signs mm-hmm. of a heart attack in the future. So strokes potentially kind of have the same thing in the TIAs. Mm-hmm. I think the mechanism is different behind it. But so if they're... But to just educate, if you're having periods of, of numbness or weakness or slurred speech, you know, you might want to get that checked out. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. But um, so those also can be TIAs if they come and they go, if they're reversible versus, again, a clot mm-hmm. uh, in that. So one of the mechanisms for stroke can be atrial fibrillation. And we should talk about that also because it's, a, it's an irregular heart rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's very common. Um, and it tends to make the heart race. So it can be a cause of shortness of breath. And then also it's a cause of stroke. So that oftentimes that's what we historically put people on rat poison or warfarin or Coumadin mm-hmm. for. Now we have the newer drugs that you've seen advertised, the Eliquis, the Relto, and mm-hmm. things such as that, that help prevent strokes in that situation. So okay. the problem with that is over the years, I've always, as I see a new patient in referral for atrial fib, I'll tell them I'll, we'll see one or two patients a year that didn't know that they had atrial fibrillation that had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Either their healthiness was so good that a heart rate of 110 or 20, they didn't feel or notice. Yeah. And, and other folks, as I see folks that feel every premature beat, you know, they, they just hadn't have that awareness. And unfortunately, that's a good thing, but it's also bad because then strokes are devastating. Sure, for sure. Well, I think my, well, as you were talking and telling me about all these symptoms, and I, I don't know if, if this is true of your patients, but I think we hear a lot, and this is real scary, right? Sure. All the things you're talking about are very scary. And sometimes I think people, I have family members, maybe even myself, who might feel different or or something's going on, but we're just like, ah, it'll go away. I, I'm just, I'm not going to bother going to the doctor. You right. know what I mean? There's nothing. And and do you find that um, patients kind of put this off until it's too too late, but like you said, I mean, some of this stuff can present along and along, and is that is that a? So I think the the good news about that is is that oftentimes, um, I, I don't mean to minimize the symptoms that one is having, mm-hmm. but oftentimes there is that awareness that something's happening. This is different. I got to go do something about it. Okay, this. I got gotcha. you. So there is that. A good friend of mine. I said frequently, you know when you're going to have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. There's you know? no question so, about it. There's no it. question yeah. about it. That's mm-hmm. not entirely true. Yeah. But I think the good news is it's more true than it is not. Okay. That I've dealt with that. I've dealt with it. Oh, this has got to be more than indigestion. Right, you right. You know, and that type of thing. I need to go get this checked okay. out. Okay. But your opportunity uh, to promote the healthiness we're talking about, mm-hmm. that if I'm eating healthy, mm-hmm. hopefully I'm doing better with that, mm-hmm. and then the exercise Mm-hmm. That gives you that opportunity. Hey, I'm noticing this, and I don't have it at rest, but I I, I do I don't have it at rest, but I have it with exertion. Mm-hmm. Then I need to get it checked out down okay. the road. Versus, man, I'm not having it now. I'm having it at rest, or I wasn't having it now. It's at right. rest, and I seem worse. And then two, you know, to use the old Southern phrase. They look bad. Yeah, they <laughs> just know? don't look so, right. <laughs> so we do see folks, unfortunately, sometimes that it's, it's atypical pain, hurting in the back mm-hmm. and, and those things. And, and 
I'm probably a hard-headed Southern guy, my wife would tell you, and, <laughs> and, and that as well. So it's hard sometimes to right. accept something that might be wrong. But I think the good news to that is we don't see that frequently. I'm so glad you know, to hear that. That's know. great. Yeah. And if it is, it's probably younger, you know, and it would just, and I think that would be another message from today. We put stents in two people today. One was 38 and the other one was 54. Goodness. So, so this isn't an 85-year-old 60 problem. and mm-hmm. 75 and 80 mm-hmm. anymore. And you women have joined us. In fact, <sighs> after age 78, you passed us now. Oh, goodness. With, with coronary disease. Yeah, yeah. There's a phrase that went with that. Oh, boy, you what was it? come a long it? way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and in part, that's responsible. That's right. That's right. Well, so... That was Virginia Slims, right? We're not advertising, but I think that was Virginia Slims. Oh, we better not advertise for Virginia Slims. <laughs> Well, my next question was, and I think this goes along really well into this, is um, what should I do if I'm experiencing those warning signs? I think we all know the answer, but really, what should we do if we're experiencing it? I think there's two things. You know, certainly, as we said, clearly worsening symptoms. Right. You know, getting in your best resource, you know, quickly. Um, In our primary care network here, um, they're connected even to to me as well and, uh, and that. Certainly, the walk-in clinics and that, mm-hmm. you know, can be. Affinity has a walk-in clinic as well as many good other um, clinics mm-hmm. around to, mm-hmm. to get in and get checked out and, and sort of be sure that it's not a truly unstable problem and we need to do something now versus mm-hmm. some evaluation such as stress testing right. and things such as that to sort through mm-hmm. why am I experiencing shortness of breath coming up the stairs mm-hmm. when I didn't used to do that. Right. And that. So that's... That's one thing. And then, two, if, it's, if it truly is a real question, you know, and it, COVID has so overwhelmed the it ER yeah. and all of the healthcare system mm-hmm. that you want to be cautious with that. But, um, but it's potentially better to be safe than sorry. That's right. I say a little bit tongue-in-cheek because it's, it's no fun to go to the emergency room right. with all that's there now in not feel you necessarily have an issue. So I that's know. where, you know, the Affinity Walk-In Clinic, that's I think right. their yeah. hours have extended now. Yes, You know, Express to go get care. an EKG mm-hmm. and talk through that story right. so that someone has that confidence that uh, a provider didn't think it was something that needed acute attention, mm-hmm. but perhaps a stress test or passion early work in with a cardiologist or even with the primary care provider, okay. you know, to get things going. Yeah. I think you made a good point, though. I think a lot of people are very hesitant to go to an ER right now with good reason. We know that that we're very busy in the ER seeing COVID, but we will take care of you. That's correct. Right? That's <laughs> so correct. we want to make sure that people know that it's it may not be ideal, but it's not so much COVID that we can't handle oh, these other right. things that happen just with life on top of COVID. So you've touched on this a little bit, and I think these two questions go together, but how do we prevent stroke and heart attack, and what are the risk factors? Because I think they kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah, we kind of talked about as I got into my discussion about Mm -hmm. health in this earlier would be, you know, um, a healthy weight. Mm -hmm. Now, the government standard (laughs) is not the South Georgia standard. That's right. You know, it's (laughs) BMI of 20 to 25. That's pretty a really low BMI, right? Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of room, so yeah. I, you know, I've dropped my BMI substantially, but I'm I'm above thirty yeah. still. For those of you, we who won't know tell me on you. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a long way to go, yeah. so uh, we'll work on that. So certainly, obesity is real mm-hmm. central to that, and then the central obesity yeah. that we tend to have, and is the real moniker for health problems long term: diabetes 
um, elevated triglycerides, low HDL, and all those things that we feel and are very strongly associated with the cardio or the cerebrovascular problems that we talked about. Then, um, then blood pressure right, and the control, and ideally probably 140 over 85 or less. Mm-hmm. And then if with, if with other disorders such as diabetes, perhaps even lower, 130 over 80 or, or whatever. The cholesterol, um, and that's not the end all and be all, but it certainly is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think you can take cholesterol and a obese person, and that's fuel versus, uh, I've seen seniors who were 87 that were not overweight, fairly active lifestyle, never had a problem even with okay. cholesterol 300. So, you know, there's there's a whole genetics that, as we've learned through COVID, is very complicated sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, what turns what on. Mm-hmm. But I think for us here, it's clear that obesity is such a trigger for the other things that go along. So then diabetes comes about, and then it, it's just the, the wrong mix of things to come together to, to make things wrong. So diabetes certainly... Cholesterols we've talked about, and then sedentary lifestyle yeah. versus being being up and at it and that sort of thing. So, as I'm kind of all about diet, mm-hmm. you know, right now, um, as well as you know, there's certainly real opportunity. The American College of Cardiology endorses the Dash diet, which mm-hmm. is Mediterranean, as I mentioned earlier, with mm-hmm. the four ounces of chicken um, and that. There was discussion this year as I. Reviewed for my boards and passed my boards. Oh, congratulations! Again. Yeah, <laughs> so recertified every ten years. So mm-hmm. the um, so I got that behind me. But in that review, it just all drove it home to me as well. I, I have not invested over time the the benefit of weight loss and healthy eating, mm-hmm. um, as it's not really. I'm I, I personally presently live. I'm I'm not. I am not going to give up just because somebody, I know they're not going to change. That's right. You know, I'm yeah. going to have the conversation sure. because there's outcomes. You know, there's yeah. studies that really show mm-hmm. to lose 10%, not 10 pounds, yeah. but to lose 10% of your body weight, decrease your risk of stroke, decrease your risk of heart attack, heart failure, the whole mm-hmm. nine yards. So we ought to be on that bandwagon, mm-hmm. you know, of talking about it. Not the food wagon. Right. <laughs> don't don't get on the food but wagon. The, but the band, but the bandwagon and um, and that. So so there's really no doubt mm-hmm. that that's better. Mm-hmm. And and but the so there's some controversies. There is controversy in America of, of maybe what's the best. And that's why I back up and just say let's. I have ate so unhealthy in my life. Mm-hmm. Let me just eat more healthy. Yeah. So I don't have to call myself a vegan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to call myself a vegetarian. Right. But I'm just eating, you know, substantially better. Mm-hmm. Um, some concept could even be like meatless Monday. I'm not going to eat meat on any right. Monday. That's, small, you know, small that's changes. Right. And, yeah. And, and again, mm-hmm. working towards what works mm-hmm. for us that's sustainable. Because right. I myself too have dieted. Lost my weight and then gained right. it back. So I, I, somebody will probably say roll tide. <laughs> but I was reading uh, the, the work that somebody did about saving and chasing the bear. Okay. And the point I wanted to make is that they both, uh, Saban made the point, he said the bear and I both won the national championship and the next year we crashed. Mm-hmm. LSU just did the same thing. Because when you set your goal... Mm-hmm. of winning the national championship as you do, as we've all set weight loss goals, mm-hmm. hit them, then one. Right. 
So he said, when we began to desire to play the best we possibly can each mm -hmm. play, mm -hmm. we hope to win national championships, but that's long, no longer just our goal. That's right. So similarly, let's work toward healthiness mm -hmm. rather than my 10% that I mentioned or the 20 pounds, and let's just work toward that because mm -hmm. it really is an endless goal. Or that's right. There's not a stopping goal. point. Right. It's, 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 it's my mm -hmm. longevity is related to, yeah. to what I'm able to do. So. So I think that, and then, you know, there's wonderful things on the internet, but it also gets confusing so many about options what you should there. do, yeah. what you shouldn't eat, and that sort of thing. And that's why I fall back to, I just want to be healthier. That's right. You yeah. guys can argue about it. I just want to be, <laughs> I just want to be healthier, feel better, yeah. and hopefully have a sustained livelihood yeah. without heart attacks and strokes right. because of the, the changes that's the part. It's mm -hmm. the change. It's the change. And you you are not the first person to come on this podcast and tell us that. The, that's a, a reoccurring theme from family practice providers that we speak to. To We did talk to Dr. Burke earlier this year. He did a, a similar topic. And, and we've talked with Dr. Ryan Burns, the chiropractor, about health and nutrition. And it, and it just it keeps coming back to you just kind of make those small changes. And, and it's things that what I hear you say is, you know, Genetics, we can't control that, right? That's right, correct. But you can control what you eat. That's right. And what it's, you eat, what you yeah. drink, what you smoke. Mm -hmm. you, you right. Have control, you have control, yeah. you know, over over that and, and mm -hmm. making, as we're saying, more better choices. Yeah. You know, than bad choices. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's go into the statistics on stroke and heart attack. And when you were reading that, you were you sounded surprised. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So um the um so as we've talked about COVID deaths and that, so there's roughly 800,000 heart attacks a year wow. in America. And I, I maybe, uh, but there was also worldwide, I think there's like 6 million strokes. So the incidence of stroke in the U.S. and, uh, here, and heart attacks are one every 40 seconds. Goodness gracious. So just think about it. The whole time that we've been here, yeah, uh, it seems like a short time. Right. But... but uh, <laughs> You know the twenty minutes or so mm -hmm. that we've that we've been talking, gosh, how many people have had that? Yeah, oh, and that is sobering. Died. Yeah, and yeah. all had their lives altered. Yeah, and uh, and that. So it's great here locally that we've got um, you know the foundation which I'm part of as well. Yes, absolutely. Has um, embraced and put the uh, twelve lead EKGs mm -hmm. and the uh, Tiff County Amblitzes and the surrounding Amblitzes mm -hmm. with. Uh, Partnering with Turner, Irwin, and uh, Barron and Cook, mm -hmm. and um, so that in the amulets they're able to get the twelve lead EKG mm -hmm. to see that it is a heart attack, which turns on the whole response in the Southwell Tiff Regional Medical System mm -hmm. for the treatment of the acute heart attack, which can be done now with the balloons and stents. That's right. It's evolved in the twenty years that I've been here. Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Burke and Doctor Trenalone both do a great job doing that. And uh, so that's immediate care and available. And um, and then the TIF Regional partners with with the REACH Network from Augusta and I think maybe even some other neurology reprises for the brain attack, that mm -hmm. if it's an acute stroke, to get the clot busters and the blood thinners. And, and there are even some centers now when it's clearly a clot, mm -hmm. uh, folks are transferred to have that clot sucked out and, and that type of thing with right. treatment that's not widespread yet. But we've okay. got connections with Mayo and Jacksonville, Emory up in Atlanta, and Tallahassee, I think, has also mm -hmm. done a few of those acute stroke clot mm -hmm. extractions in that. So that's okay. that's cool. And, the you know, and, and 
we we need both of those organs. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You can't think (laughs) without your brain. You need both. You can't think Uh if your brain, if your heart's not pumping. That's right. right. That's right. That's why we wanted to talk today, because we know that both of these are so important. So you did answer my next question. Can we treat stroke and heart attack at TIF Regional? Yeah. So there's... You mentioned that there's certain levels that you may need to be transferred out, but there's there's definitely things you can get done here. Yeah. So and then it's certainly certainly for heart attack, mm-hmm. it, it it would be pru- it would be um, would be prudent for someone to come here first. And right. Everything that could be done elsewhere can be done here in the acute situation. Mm-hmm. It's very rare for that absolute circumstance that for somebody had to be transferred out for a heart attack. Okay. It happens, but still better to acutely find out that it was. Where the artery was, it could have stent be put in, right. and if so, have that done immediately, versus the rare, the only option was surgery. Yeah, uh, and that. So, um, and then the, the the providers that we talked about, the emergency network, mm-hmm. are familiar with who does interventions and things like that acutely. Okay. So, okay, well, we've covered quite a lot today. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? No, I just you know just think as I've reflected, you know, being here is my. 21st year mm-hmm. I just completed, yeah. you know, and that it's been cool to be part of the team and mm-hmm. um, and the growth of it yeah. uh, over the years and the benefit to the community, you know, and that. And, uh, and you know, it's it's not an absolute perfect system, but, but to, to work together for the common good. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think, although, you know, certainly there are struggles, I think oftentimes that um, I'm not sure the community necessarily really respects probably not the right word but really understands what tiff regional appreciates or the system maybe is. yeah uh, not so much appreciation yeah. <laughs> it, it, i think you know sometimes as i hear negative comments and yeah. things such as yeah. that like we said so we're in south rural south georgia mm-hmm. with an excellent health care system that is still growing tobacco not as much as it used <laughs> to but peanuts and cotton mm-hmm. and you know in those days of which i grew up are largely gone mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have that opportunity here that we don't have to go to Atlanta, that we don't have to, mm-hmm. to go elsewhere to have great medical care, yeah. or at least given our local care a, sh- a shot, you know, and an opportunity to work through, you know, those issues yeah. and see if it can be handled here locally. So, yeah. so I'm proud to be a part of, you know, mm-hmm. of this team and, um, and look forward Unless the Lord leaves me elsewhere, <laughs> you know, to, to being a part of that ongoing. Yeah, and I know that we're looking forward to maybe doing some more uh, heart series uh, related type things, podcasts with you. So yeah, um, be great. I, I know that'll I be. I love to chat. Most people. Will tell yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell that you like to talk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But no, I think that'll be good, and I think. Uh, there, there is so much information that you can't just contain in one spot that sure. um, that we can bring different experts that you work with and, right. and kind of hear their perspectives. So, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Hancock. We really appreciate you being Great. here. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. So to learn more about the Heart and Vascular Center at Tiff Regional Medical Center, you can visit myselfall.com or call 229-353-6158. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live Well with Southwell. If you have a question for a healthcare expert or a topic you'd like us to discuss, send an email to info at myselfwell.com. Until next time, live well.